sometimes the best that can be said is that the only event we could talk about is no longer occurring. And that is how I would like to send out 2020. Whatever, whatever happens next, it won't be you. And for that, I think we are all infinitely grateful to 2020 going away forever. Blink. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix 6. It's time for 2020 Beer and Review! Beer and Review! (laughs) Where we review our best fives of the years, except not this time. We're not going to do it this time because, I don't know if you've heard, capitalism's about freedom. Freedom to leave your house whenever you wish. Freedom to go into stores or not go into stores because Karen is wearing a giant cardboard sign that says I can't breathe and not having a mask on. Um, So sometimes the beers that you want to drink again because they are good are no longer available because you can't go places because capitalism is about providing you the freedom to not go places and not buy things. Um. So we're going to drink new beers because I don't care. We're still drinking because it's 2020. And what the fuck else are you going to do? Nothing. Here's my here's Nothing. my more be- benevolent take on why we're not re-drinking fives from this year. Because in 2020, you should take every to every opportunity you can to make new fives. And so we are making a last-ditch attempt to find some quality in the year 2020. You're like how our podcast resolution is fuck last year. Yeah. <laughs> Forget yeah. it. It never yeah. happened. <laughs> I feel strongly about that. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel yeah. strongly about that. That's good. Uh, we're moving forward. Um, in the interest of moving forward, uh, we are going to need a rating system Hell for yeah. the new beers that we are trying on this uh, 2020. Beer and review. Uh, Beer and podcast. review. Uh, and um, I, I have developed this. Uh, one. Do we have any pre-partying? Are we going anywhere? Well, so I no, we're not. No, we're not fucking going anywhere. Um, uh, <laughs> but I would say for those of you who might be new to the mix six and maybe haven't listened to the backlog, and this may be your first beer and review. Beer and review. The beer and review is the last episode we release at the end of every year. And uh, it's an opportunity for us to reflect on things we encountered this year. We'll name a brewery of the year. We typically only drink great beers that we've had from the previous year, although those beers are harder to find and harder to to get at this point for reasons. And so we're modifying our efforts a little bit, but this is an annual thing for us. uh, And it actually is a really exciting day. That's why we choose a Saturday to record it so that we can actually get a little more drunk than usual while doing it. And so this is our attempt at sending off 2020 with a real middle finger and also some hopefully yeah, good Viking memories. Funeral. It really is. Boat on fire. Yeah. 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 It, so on the one hand, we're going to light something on fire, but on the other hand, we got to shoot a bow. So kind of a good day, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So with that, uh, we'll be using a rating system, 2020 milestones and Caleb, you've developed this. So please share away. 
All right. Uh, so my rating systems are going to be 2020 milestones. So these are moments you hit in the experiencing of 2020 based on where they hit um, one through five. So one, which is a trash beer you never want to try again, and a trash experience that you're looking to write off forever. In-person retail of any kind and in any role. If you're mm-hmm. working it, oh my God, you poor bastard. If you're going out to it and seeing the people in masks and you are pissed off because you're crazy care and anti-vaxxer, uh, that can't be a good experience because you probably got into a fight and uploaded it to Parlor. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> you... Uh, if you are there in a mask being attacked by those rampant MAGA psychos, uh, also while trying to deal with someone who is probably more miserable than any time previously in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's awful. It's, it's the onest of ones. Yeah. A, a real perfect uh, storm of garbage. Yeah. Uh, a two, which is getting slightly better uh, because you can find some camaraderie there, at least uh, amongst your coworkers. And a two beer, which is like at least beer, and there's alcohol in it, uh, is going to be returning to work. They're still marching you unto death, uh, but but at least there's somebody beside you now, and it's not you alone trying to get groceries. So uh, you at least have that going. So three, this is um, a Midland beer and sort of a Heisenbergian, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. Uh, and it equals out to a three. I'm going to go with online communities. Like I couldn't survive without the ability to talk to my boys every week oh, on the Mixed Podcast. Uh, shout out to the Tub and our uh, movie Discord where we hang out with our friends. That's been a, a source of joy in all of our lives. Um, I couldn't tell you what online teaching is like because I've never done it. I've just sat in front of a Zoom call and had no one log in. Um, and, uh, it is just a source of constant misery that my job can get a hold of me at any time, as I'm sure it is with everyone else. So it's sort of a dull side and a real sharp side to that blade. So it equals out to a three. Mm-hmm. Um, any disagreement so far? No, I, I think, I think you're, uh, you're really hitting the nail on the head here. Okay. So four is going to be nesting. So making your home more than where you sleep, which is something that had literally never occurred to me before. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarantine, but uh, we are doing a lot of housework. I know you are doing the same, Spencer. Tremendous uh, amount of housework. And yes. feel fundamentally different about the home in which I have lived for five years. So, yes. to- total game changer. I scrubbed Aww. bathrooms yesterday and, like, felt good about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> really good about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then five, which is a beer you want to have again and a thought you want to have again. The thought that it might end. The number... One event that occurs in 2020 is seeing it go away. And mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the hope that bring, hope springs eternal, but 2020 does not. And those are correlated. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my list. Couldn't agree with it more. All right. Uh, with that, you need to drink a beer. Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? So uh, you were kind enough to do a little beer getting for us and uh, brought me a couple six-packs. One of those six-packs contains a number of beers from Off Color Brewing. Um, and I don't actually know if we've had any Off Color Brewing we yet. We have. They wrote the poem. 
Oh shit! Yeah, they're the Poem Brewery. They wrote the whole the, the and that beer was actually pretty good. But they wrote yeah. a whole fucking pretentious ass poem for the beer. Wow, real double edged sword here. So, anyways, I've got a couple more off color brewings. I'm going to start today off right with a gift to our listeners. I'm going to start. By the way, it's 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on a on a Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to start with off color brewings, Dino S'mores, an Imperial Marshmallow Stout, and it's. Ten and a half percent alcohol by volume. That's a lot. I do Eat like it. their cans. I do like their cans quite a bit. They have like a, a really like kind of interesting indie mm-hmm. design about them. Yeah, I them. think the can is new for off color. When we had it, it yeah. was a big growler. Yeah, they they I mean when you're gonna write a poem about your beer, you want a glass bottle. I mean <laughs> But uh is there poetry on this can? No, thank God. Disappointing. Um, there is a delightful little uh, mouse crying. He's very cute. Let me tell you something, though, about this beer. It's yeah. fucking delicious. Really? Like With the s'mores, it, no less. Yeah. So um, it's mostly roasty um, and getting a lot of that burnt, um, darker malt on the back end, which, as you know, I like quite a bit. Burgeoning so they carbonized on, the marshmallow, had the black skin around it. Yeah, yeah, bur- burgeoning on almost tobacco-y, right? That kind of roastiness to it. Mm. But but the marshmallow is not artificially sweet. It adds a really nice mm. layer of complementary sweetness just on the top of that. And so you get some sweetness on the front, then the roastiness really takes over, starts to go towards the back of the tongue. But the, the sweetness lingers not in a sickly or saccharine kind of way. It's just a really nice note while you're getting all of the deep complexity of a good stout this is a five this is this is a genuinely delicious beer and Mm. because i've already had a cup of coffee in mckenna i'm gonna fucking skull this baby and we'll see how it goes (laughs) all right while uh spencer gets after it again at Mm -hmm. 1102 a.m uh we we need to do some dissecting our fun Mm-hmm. Um, a, perhaps a bit of an oxymoron in the 2020 themed episode, but uh, the concept of fun. Uh, but let, let's give it a shot. We haven't done a dissecting our fun board game design group in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And since 2020 is so fraught with wonderful ideas, we want to relive as the whole family. Uh, I figured 2020 board game. Let's let's design it. What what is it? Is it a legacy game? Is it uh I hope not. Uh, a dexterity game where someone just throws pool balls at your testicles and, it, and screams 2020. Right. I don't know. Uh, we, okay. We could design anything. Yeah. So let me lay a ground rule here for the purposes of mental exploration and exercise. Mm-hmm. We cannot use any of the pandemic skin or mechanic. Oh, and, oh yeah. I didn't think that even bared saying aloud, but I totally I just want to make sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because the easy answer here is we've already done this. It's called pandemic. Move the fuck on. But I don't want to do that. Hello. I want to God, do that game was in the fucking um, documentary, the Errol Morris documentary about COVID. They, they gave that to one of the he opened his pandemic uh, oh, season God. one legacy box. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So um, let, let's think about, um, do we want to think about mechanic or do we want to think about theme first? Probably theme, I, right? That's okay. Typically, how I, I, I have a visual idea. I don't know how the mechanics work exactly, okay. but 
I, I pick, actually okay. So like my my idea is that this is a game you actually only play once, and it's form of catharsis because you have to play it uh, somewhere outdoors because you actually get a literal metal dumpster that you put in the center of around all the players, and uh, it involves you uh, setting a fire in the dumpster and then throwing game elements, game pieces, and cards into the fire. Oh, so it's like an indie RPG. It's like Thirteen yeah. Candles. Only it's called dumpster fire, and like yeah. you just, I like it. I'm exercising down with the, the 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 evils of 2020 through a board game. I like uh, this. Yeah. So, so so maybe you like indie it, and it's gonna go on. Uh, it's gonna go on itch.io. So it's got to have witch shit. So it's just like a witch. It's just like a witch ritual that you do with your friends. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you just say some vague like prophetic shit. And then, like, you understand what the person went through when they throw that thing into the dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, like that, you, you, that which you are glad is gone. And then, like, yeah. so somebody I don't, throws I don't something wanna, into the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to I offer an alternative. I don't want it to be the craft 2020. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want, I want a little more. Coward. Right. Maybe a little more uh, uh, light as a feather, uh, so um, stiff as a broom. So maybe um, we instead – I do like the notion of catharsis, right, that before you can pitch the thing into the actual dumpster fire, you do have to rhetorically expunge yourself of whatever the thing is. But we've got to come up with something. Where do we start, and what do you do in the interceding period between beginning and, and speech about why you are exercising your demons pre-dumpster firing? What happens there? Drinking. Okay, okay. Drinking can be here's an idea. In the way that the many many mechanical element. Yeah. Right. In the way that many good games now offer a, offer branching trees of expertise, experience, skill. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you have paths you can choose. One path you can choose for 2020 is just to drink a lot more. <laughs> and so in that path you're doing specific things to be successful in the game. But there are oh, other 2020 oh. paths. Okay, there's there's it's a role playing game. So the right. roles you take are roles in a car of a night of drinking. So like you have a DD, that's your DM, the the designated sober person who can drive. They have to run the game and wrangle all of you. All right. Uh, then like another character class is girl who wants Taco Bell. Um, so <laughs> so that person has to drink more than the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like guy who screams a lot. He's got to scream a lot, uh, cause he's, he's drunk as well. Uh, and then you need sing along girl who's going to start playing Taylor Swift and, and singing. Along. Okay. Here's the problem. I fear we're just describing our podcast as a board game. Yes. Uh, yes. Everyone uh, and, needs this. And so, and so I'm for that, but then maybe it's just the mix six, the board game. And it is uh, how long can you last you can or can you classes? make it through? I, I don't know why I'm here. Like that, that could be like the weird wallflower class. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm tired. This has been going on too. Like I peaked too early. I started too quickly. <laughs> and now I want to go to bed. What are you trying to say, Spencer? Jeez. Well, it's just that um, I'm a little like I'm uh, I'm a little buzzed, and it's 11:07 is what I'm saying, and uh, and and that's great, and like that's really good news. I'm just so if we're gonna if we're gonna kind of expand the universe mm-hmm. of people who could be involved, um, like someone who only drinks uh, ciders, for example, yeah, uh, or oh, someone who doesn't like beer but will drink other things, someone who shows up thinking this is a wine endeavor. P.S. It's not. Never will be. Yeah, um, I wanted uh, to drink, but I'm on antibiotics right now. 
Like, right, right. It's right, like right, DD yeah. without the responsibility. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So who, how do you, um, I understand that this is kind of difficult given that the, the goal here is to achieve individual and or group catharsis, but how does one win 2020 the board game slash the mix six podcast as an RPG? Uh, you don't, there doesn't, it's an RPG. There doesn't have to be a, you win. just survive. Like, yeah. And maybe through. the better answer is it's 2020 wins the victory. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, if you make it through, if you complete the game, you've won. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. I think if you complete is, the game, you've won. Yeah. Okay. It could be I'm, like a big hand holding, like uh dumpster fire extinguishment moment. Extinguishment. Oh, yeah. Cooperative at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, Here's the real proposal. So you don't burn everything down. Well, Genuine maybe that's proposal. the choice. Maybe that's the choice. Depending on what choice you finish the game, you all put it out. Or you just let it burn until the cops come and you run away. <laughs> at, at, a, at an upcoming Origins and or Gen Con, probably Gen Con, because there is typically a dedicated set-aside evening for, for uh, the RPPR Bacchanalia. Um, we bring a trash can and we organize 2020 slash the mix six board game, a LARP for anyone who wants to join. And, um, and, and then outside of we the, burn down a hotel. Uh, right, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think we're doing this. No, the cool story on that one is that once we get out of prison, we can start a whole new podcast about adventures in prison, but <laughs> yeah, it can start yeah. with, well, here's what happened. We burned down the Sheraton in Indianapolis. But trust us, it was a good story. And then we have this whole, like, true crime podcast um, <laughs> about us accidentally burning down the Sheraton in Indianapolis. No one was hurt, thankfully. Um, and that's but it was, But yeah, it was a that, multi-billion dollar. That's how you finish dollar. the game. You end your prison sentence. We'll end up in textbooks. Your, uh, witch LARP. Uh, it will be like the, 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 the river catching on fire, the triangle shirt oh, no. waste factory or whatever it's fucking <laughs> yeah, called. Yeah, it would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, except for no one dies. I want to, I really, we're going to let everyone know well in advance. Although we probably shouldn't do that because that would seem like it was premeditated. Actually, I guess <laughs> me talking out loud about how we're going to do it is probably will be evidence enough. We're not me. great criminals. Uh, yeah. Or are we really, this may be some Ocean's Eleven shit. Like what? What I'm doing right now is I'm setting Andy Garcia up to be looking over here, and the do whole not time, get us kicked out of Gen Con because you're like, no, for serious, I'm planning on setting a fire. Well, obviously, I'm not for serious planning on. Look, among the three of us, I think I'm the least likely to want to set a fire generally. Okay, so <laughs> oh, I think we're whoa, safe there. whoa, whoa, Come on now. Come whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, <laughs> whoa, coming in hot. Anyway, Anyways, that's um, board game. Yep. Role play drunk people and throw role what those play. drunk role play. play. You're gonna role play <laughs> those drunk people and then <laughs> you're gonna throw what they would get rid of uh, in in a series of prepared vague statements mm-hmm. into a dumpster fire, and then depending on whether you turn you choose red ending or blue ending, you either put the fire out or you just let it burn and run. Um, and then that is uh, the Mix 6 2020 board game. You only play it once for a lot of obvious reasons. We did it. We did it. $120 MSRP. We did mm-hmm. it. I, I don't like fires, uh, regardless of what Spencer says. I need a beer. I didn't say you liked them. I said that I was the least likely, which may mean in, in decreasing whoa. grades of, of I said, dislike. whoa, it's been said, all right? Okay. Whoa. You can't take Thank you.
Caleb, what the fuck is the name of that beer? This is Grandma's Boy Wild Ale uh, with Niagara Shiro Plums. This is from Bellwoods Brewery, which is one I'm really looking into lately. It, so here's a question. Did remind me, we actually enjoyed a plum beer from Stillwater, right? Yes. Uh, Inseto has some yeah. plums in it. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan of plum sake, if I can get sake. That's right. Aaron had me try some plum sake. Plum sake is very good. Plum sake and Sprite. Son, you've got yourself an evening. It is about to be a fun time. Um, You just described the classiest frat party in history. Yeah, well... (laughs) I hope you have some fireworks stashed away. You're going to need them by the end of the Generally. It's going to be a very yes. active drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I don't know if that's true of this wild ale, but I'm going to give it a shot. Is Bellwoods a fancy bottle or a, or fancy label? Uh-oh. Ooh, he looks very happy. Mm-hmm. Or very, No, he's happy. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He's having a moment on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that face. That is a man pleased with his decisions. That is, oh, five. The thought that it might end. Hard five. Two for two. Two for two. New fives. This is glorious. Oh, man. I, plum is normally such a subdued flavor. Like most of the time when you get something plum favored, it is um, faint. It's like, it's kind of like rose as an accent flavor. Um, the sweetness is not normally extreme. This thing's like, fuck you. It's just wild ale and plums snapped up to 11 and then they fucking broke the dial off. Um, it is sweet as hell. I do not think I could drink more than one of these, but it is, um, unforgettably good. Uh, it is very, very, very tasty. So I would highly recommend this. Bellwood, if they hadn't come in so late in the game might be my uh, proposal for the 2020 brewery of the year. Um, but I've only had their stuff recently in like the last month or so. So they're already making a, a play for 2021, though. A topical segue to this segment, which is professional drinking. If this is your first beer in review, one of the things that we do as a part of this process is we look back over the year of beer and we name a brewery of the year. The brewery which produced the most beer that we liked or the beer that stood out to us, us the most in the most positive ways. And admittedly, this year has been a little more difficult to make that decision for a variety of reasons. So first you should know in the past, uh, breweries of the year include Prairie, who I think won it twice. Mm-hmm. Is that is that accurate? 2017 yep. and 2018? Yeah, side project. And then, and then no, uh, Firestone Walker uh, was oh, 2019. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I don't remember if Prairie won it twice or Side Project won it one of those years. But, side Project but I know, definitely won one year. Yeah. Okay, so Side mm-hmm. Project, Prairie Artisan Ales out of Oklahoma, and Firestone Walker out of California. It's, it's actually easier for us to make these decisions, uh, and I know this is weird and it's going to sound like an odd excuse. It's easier for me to remember beers when we drink beers together. And one of the problems of COVID is that since we've been recording remotely, you should know that we were trash pandas when we used to record together and we would just pass beer around to try mm-hmm. among the three of yeah, us. I it's incredible that, that a recording was, in fact, not a super spreader event, but, but it doesn't seem to have been at any point. But it was a lot easier, I think, for all of us to weigh in on a brewery of the year when we'd all tried the beers. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But at this point, every beer we're all drinking is just a beer we're all drinking because we're not together. And unless we buy six packs and then hand them off to each other, um, there's really no way to duplicate our experiences with beer in 2020 uh, post-March. So, But I did try the- one from this and it was soul-shatteringly good. So yeah, so I, I will I tell you selfishly, my goal was to, uh, so I went camping uh, some months ago and met a couple of guys who I typically do a Denver trip, uh, just a great group of dudes, and Joel was there. And Joel lives in Denver. And when we go out to Denver, there's a brewery in Denver, Loveland Ale Works. And I typically try to snatch up as much of their stuff while I can um, and and just drink it because they always make really great, light, refreshing beer. And they typically really crush sours, but they do some other non-sour stuff, I think, that I've really enjoyed in the past. So Joel brought me a couple of four packs of Lovelandale Works, handed it off at the camping trip, and I brought two or three of them back. One was a blackberry lemon bar sour that just mm. blew my fucking mind. And my goal was I'm going to save one each of these for the boys. And I'm going to take one to Ross, and I'm going to take one to Caleb. And then the problem was they were so delicious that I just kept drinking them like of a random <laughs> evening because I love them so much. So I drank the blackberry lemon bar. I drank the American sour, American raspberry sour. And I drank one other from them and I can't remember what it was now, but I, but I had hidden from myself unintentionally by stuffing my refrigerator, an American, an American raspberry sour. And for some reason, Caleb and I were going to do like a distanced handoff thing for beers. And I, and I saw the beer and I was like, Oh shit. Well, I should at least give one of these away so that someone can confirm how fucking delicious and incredible these beers are. are and you never know, right? Like sometimes I've also been times. to Denver before. So it's easy to believe you because right. you want to talk about a beer town. You could just, yeah, you're going to hit a great beer. Um, so it's, we do have very different tastes. And if you look at the math on our ratings over time, we rate things differently. And so I was a little bit like, I don't know, maybe I overshot here because I gave everything I tried from this year a five. And that American sour raspberry in particular, I thought was like just one of the best sours I've ever had. Uh, but out of nowhere, and maybe even later that day, Caleb texted me. It was me like 11 p.m. Said, on a Wednesday. I'm like, holy shit, this beer is good. Like, It, it, it really is. <laughs> like, hitting you up? Five. That's all yeah. I wanted you to know. Right. You can go back uh, to bed. <laughs> in the grand inventory of sours we have had. There are very few that I think are as drinkable, as appropriately sweet and tart, uh, and also a little more than 4.5%. Most sours are incredibly light. These are a little bit more, so there's some substance to them. They feel like beer. And so I believe the choice for this year, and there were some good options. Um, I was willing to talk about Side Project again. I think that Firestone Walker still has some quality brews. Prairie was not in the running this year for like the first time ever. That's not a shot at Prairie. We've just had all their shit for the most part. It's They're still baking flair, which I mean, if you got to still make something, good on you, but it's just flair again. (laughs) Um, Ross actually sneakily uh, tried and reviewed a few beers from a local brewery that I think is getting a lot better. And if they continue to head in that direction, I will be enthused by their chances in 2021. Uh, but the reality is I just don't know that there's a thing that I would go back to the well for outside of side project, which is impossible to go back to the well for um, in 2020 outside of that Lovelandale work stuff. So I believe that this year we will be naming Lovelandale works, the mix six brewery of the year. Do I have a second? Uh, Denver road trip when we all got the vaccine? hundred percent. All right. We all, just, yeah. we all just pile in. <laughs> yeah. It's only You're like missing. a 10 hour drive. 
We're real. We do that to fucking Gen Con or Origins once a year. So that's one week of work for me. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so here's right. to Love Linnell we- Works. Cheers yeah. to you and your delicious beer. Congratulations. We're sure that in your history of of your organization, never a greater honor or distinction has been bestowed upon you. You're welcome. But for the and never will again. This, this is why we do again. this for You've people peaked. like you. You peaked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is it for you. Shut it down and send us all the beer you have in inventory. <laughs> Loveland Ale Works, congratulations to you. It has been a, a truly astonishing year for all the wrong reasons. But among the darkness, there is a light, and it's Loveland Ale Works. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Moving on. Armchair director. We'll be back. Get a, get a beer, Ross. It sounds like you're fucking like Logan running them. Like it's just like yeah. now. Carousel. Yeah, yep. ascend. Yep. Producer Ross, what are you? Robo Fallon Brewery. It's the Weech. We all know and love Weech. It's a peach wheat beer. It says we love beer on the uh, bottle. So um, generally in favor of that, I guess. Priming you. You know, you know what frustrates me about Weech? I actually really like peach flavor in beer. And years ago when I tried Weech, it didn't actually have that much peach flavor. It just tasted like wheat beer with a little something else that I couldn't put my finger on. Russell's Man. face is not up. I don't like peach. Uh, <laughs> so this was Good a mistake. Start. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. this is a one for me. I do not care for peach. Oh, oh wow. Five, yeah. five, one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there goes our average. The wheels have come I mean, come if you off. like peach, this is probably a two or a three, but it is. Two. Uh, yeah, it is. Bleh. I, I, I mean, like peach, you're not. It's also not peach. a very good wheat beer, uh, yeah. which is like. It's kind of hard to fuck up wheat beer. Boulevard wheat is is like prototypical beer to me. It, and and uh, let's not lie, there's nothing all that special about it other than it tastes like a wheat beer. I, and I, I, uh, yeah, I, okay, it's hard not to. It's hard to fuck up wheat beer, but it's also hard to do anything with wheat beer that isn't just more wheat beer. Like, right, like three one two is is, is yeah. a great example of like oh here's another wheat beer. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. I'll drink the shit out of uh, three one two if I have to. I, I'm uh yeah I I, I specifically bought the, the all the beers I'm going to be reviewing next uh, for the next couple episodes are going to be beers that I think are not going to be good. Uh, mm. There's going to be I uh, because uh, uh, you know Caleb did mention that I've not reviewed a one uh, uh, certainly not this year maybe ever. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I just like, oh, that's, ooh, that one looks awful. Yeah, you're getting it. You're starting to <laughs> what get the better masochism. Way, yeah, what you're better way to, to yeah. anoint 2020 than your first one? You shattered my masochism. Pain. Yeah, that's where you I know did you a arrived. shot of a lord in the hot takes. Yeah, I, I know. I know. It's getting deeper. We have such yeah. sights to show you. Right. Uh, uh, Ross okay. is trying harder than the universe to ruin his day, <laughs> which seems impossible. It builds adversity builds character is what I'm, <laughs> is, is what I'm going to stick to. Um, it does. Um, okay. So we are into armchair directors. So occasionally in these beer interviews, what we do is we talk about the best stuff that we've played or the best stuff that we've watched over the last year. And so we're both going to do an armchair director today in this segment. We're going to talk about our best movie of the year. And two segments from now, we'll be doing a binge binger, the top three to five shows we've watched while sitting at home for nine months, but we're starting now with armchair director. So gentlemen, 
in a year without the experience of the movie theater or, frankly, many movies getting released because of no movie theater experience, what's the best movie you saw? And I will tell you that I actually did some extensive research on this topic Mm -hmm. because I had to – in a world where I've been streaming more things, I had to sit down and actively remember and look for evidence of all the things that I saw this year. Mm -hmm. It also caused me to look through my Alamo app to see what I had seen at the Alamo draft house before things shut down. And then I thought, God, I only saw three things at the Alamo this year. Um, I wonder if that's an aberration. And it is. Do you know that over the last, the previous two years, I saw 17 movies at the Alamo draft house, which for many of you may not seem like a lot, but for me, it's more than one a month. There were three movies. There were three years where I didn't go to a movie theater, like just at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, this felt like, like a very big deal to me. Mm-hmm. But we can we can talk about movies now. So best movie, who wants to start? Uh, I have two answers. I have movie that will stick with me forever, and then the movie okay. that I think was actually the best constructed movie. So, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit, hit me up. The movie that's going to stick with me forever, which I only saw in 2020, was Deadly Lessons with John Voight. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it in the tub, and like no film in terms of like. Please the clarify raw- what the tub is. Okay, so uh, we we watch every uh, we have a movie night theater that we've just called the Tub, um, and we 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 for uh, horrible references I shan't go into, uh, but uh, we we go to the Tub to watch movies, um, and it is nice to be in the Tub. I wanted uh, to make so, that clarification before someone thought you watched Deadly Lessons in the bathtub. I would do that if I could sure. arrange it. I just yeah. want everyone to know that it's we just like it. a logistical. Mm-hmm. Con- that has stopped me because that I'll hold, I'll hold a screen up in front of you. that. That film that haunts help. me to this day. There are choices made in that movie that just baffle the mind to the mm-hmm. level that has not been seen since the room. It's just the, the, the some of the things done in that film, just <laughs> it's just a fucking a lament mm-hmm. configuration of a concept that you cannot fucking unpack how stupid it is. And yet they did it anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. Deadly Lessons is forever burned in my mind, even though it's not a 2020 film. I just saw it in 2020. The film I think that is actually good is uh, something I actually saw very recently, which is Mosul, which is Mm. um, Mm -hmm. one of the more intense action movies I've ever seen, while still being one of the more realistic action movies I've ever seen, while also giving me characters in like an intense military action movie that I am actually rooting for. Like, that I do not fucking hate as being stupid tools of imperialism. Uh, guys who are fighting against um, people that are perverting their religion and, like, literally attacking their homes. Like, legitimate hero shit. And I don't know if it's real or not compared to, like, the actual messiness of the Syrian civil war, but there were people who were just fighting because all this shit was a nightmare. Um mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mosul's a great film. Uh, this is the is. Netflix one. There's two yes. movies named Mosul that have come out in the last year or so. Ah, yes. The Netflix one, it is about a uh, Syrian SWAT team that uh, well, apparently right. it's based on a true story. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but a Syrian SWAT team that goes rogue behind enemy lines during the ISIS invasion of Mosul. So basically they just uh, are all these trained, you know, killer cop guys that uh just start tearing shit up through the backfield of uh isis infested mosul during the pullout um and it is 
like guys run in front of allied fire. They get blown up by accident. It is a realistic war film. Uh, it does not glamorize anything. Everything is very matter of a fact. Plus, uh, but you also understand the character's motivation. Like they're not doing it for free college. Mm-hmm. It isn't about like fucking oil. Like they have very clear motivations that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I like Mose a lot. It's a good film. Yeah. Uh, I, I highly recommend it too. Um, I like it shows also the new innovation innovations like uh, taking normal drones and putting plastic explosives on them to blow up vehicles and stuff like that. Oh yeah. It's a nightmare. Like yeah. it's a crazy, crazy film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Producer Ross movie of the year. Um, actually I'll, I'll do what Caleb did. Um, movie that, that most <laughs> uh, the best movie. And then the movie, the most like, what the fuck uh, uh, for me, uh, the movie that is the most uh, in the tub that that, that uh, we watched together uh, is Jesus shows you the way to the highway. Um, oh that... man, that's really out there. <laughs> I can't even begin to. Oh explain. God, Assassin Thirty Three A D was this year too. Yep, Assassin Thirty Three A D. Yeah, that movie is amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Assassin Thirty Three A D is a Christian uh, at sci-fi movie about time traveling back in time to kill Jesus. Um, <laughs> So have you read that Philip K. Dick novel? Yeah. Uh, Spencer, or <laughs> it's not yet. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he speaks English. It's fine. Um, uh, the it's... face you're making right now is just, <laughs> yeah. if we could bottle that and spray it on people, we don't um, like, um, Jesus yeah. shows you the way to the highway. I can't even describe. I, I it's, it's the title a, does an accurate job. It's, it's a <laughs> cyberpunk fever dream of stop motion, insanity it is it is the title intense. does not do an accurate job Never no it, just watch if you can watch the trailer you'll get like a sense i mean it, the visual style of it is so unique and so uh compelling and it just it doesn't stop it just oh god it's really good um but the the best movie in like in the sense of like movies as art and, and stuff uh is a movie that that uh the night i watched it just destroyed me um so i don't i don't i only recommend it if you if you well it's called Tigers Are Not Afraid. It's a horror. It's a it's a, a sort of magical realism, um, supernatural film. Uh, it's on Shutter and it's uh, set in Mexico, and it's about street kids uh, who are being targeted by a cartel because they know too much, but um, they use fairy tales as a way to understand their own way of life and like weird supernatural shit happens as well. And it is. God, it is it is a brilliant movie, but it is one that is just going to destroy you. Happy so. ending, happy ending uh, for the bittersweet movie. happy ending. Well, the cartel. Uh, yeah, I the mean, kids. some of them. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it, yeah. Uh, uh, not not all. Yeah, it's <sighs> still good. Hit of the summer, producer yeah. Ross. That's the. <laughs> I mean, the back cover. It, it's a it's a, it's a cinematic achievement, but yeah, it's not an easy film to watch. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you need that. So it's a yeah, cinematic Mosul is also not happy. Yeah. yeah, but not an easy film to watch might be Ross's style. Like that may <laughs> describe uh, his his general ovoa. Uh, so, um, look, uh, I don't. I'm. Compared to the two of you, basic is probably the easiest term to use. I think we all know that. Um, Normcore. Uh, I saw Normcore. I saw a number of films this year. Many of them were fine. Many of them were time-passing entities. Um, something that almost made the list for me and was very high on the list was Knives Out. I absolutely loved Knives Out, by the way. I just thought it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for me, 
film is literally just about, was it a 90 minute period of time where I was just excessively happy and engaged and I was yeah. engaged every minute of knives out. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I enjoyed the fuck film. out of it. Ryan Johnson, uh, gets a lot of shit for some things and shouldn't get any amount of shit for that thing. Um, it is not the best film that I saw this year. Uh, it, the best film that I watched this year is not a film that came out in 2020. It came out at the end of 2019. I didn't see it until 2020. So I'm counting it because there are no rules. Uh, it is also not necessarily an easy film to watch. It wrecked me in a very public setting. The best film that I watched this year was Jojo Rabbit. Mm. Um, it absolutely crushed me. Um, I think that for a number of well, years, we are I all that, sad boys here with our picks. We are very, um, very sad. Weird. Films. Yeah. 2020 man uh for for most years i've i would tell you that my favorite director is probably edgar wright like i think whatever it is about his style has always resonated with the way that i think like the world could look uh and it's interesting and it's novel and it's funny and it's quick and it's quippy and i still think that edgar wright has made some of the greatest films of all time Shaun of the dead hot fuzz scott pilgrim versus the world but i would tell you that i've really kind of started to explore the taika watiti verse including mm-hmm. some of his like more indie stuff and I think Taika Waititi is making a hard argument for favorite director, favorite writer. Um, and Jojo Rabbit certainly helped his cause. Um, I think it's funny. I think it's beautiful. I think it's kind. Uh, I think it is incredibly tear jerking. And I know that it's hard to find a way to make some sort of like ironic light romp about the, the, the life of a kid in the middle of fucking Nazi occupation. Uh, but if you've not seen Jojo Rabbit, I would encourage you to watch it, watch it, if only for Sam Rockwell's performance. And I think that Sam Rockwell is like one of the great actors of our time who will never be known as one of the great actors of our time. But his performance in that movie is unbelievable. Taika Waititi's performance is like the Peter Hitler. Lore of right. our time. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would also tell you that there's something magical about Jojo Rabbit that also makes it an important part of 2020 for me. He said getting a little sentimental. Um, I saw Jojo Rabbit with Brandy and Sarah at the Alamo Draft House. It was the same weekend that Burke was in town for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so we did just a bunch of fun shit. We recorded an episode where we did all of those Eclipse 50-50 brewing big motherfuckers. We went to the, the uh, beer hall together. We Burke fell asleep on a fucking park bench the day before at a brewery around the uh, cor- around the house around the corner from my house. Um, the day after Jojo Rabbit, we all watched the Super Bowl at my house, and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and I cried like a little small child out on my patio. Jojo Rabbit was a great film. It was also like the last packaged moment of time. It was literally like a month before COVID shut everything down. The Super Bowl, Jojo Rabbit, Burke right. being here and visiting and staying, and uh, Joel came in town three weeks later, and we got to hang out for a few days, and then COVID, and everything fucking stopped. And so Jojo Rabbit also holds a special place in my heart in that we were able to get it in, and it lived in this really great moment for me. Um, and at the time, as is true with almost everything pre-March 2020, I did not real how realize how lucky and special we were to have this community to meet great people like Burke and to have entire days, evenings, weekends, where we do fun things like drink beer and talk about random bullshit uh, and just see each other's faces in a physical way. And, uh, and Jojo rabbit was a part of that, that kind of last big moment of that. So good, good. Memory. Bloodshot was that film for me. That was my last <laughs> film in the theater. 
it doesn't make yeah. me feel quite the same way, but I way I to put them both. The, la- <laughs> the last movie I saw in theaters was Parasite. I watched it with Maddie when I was in Australia, um, and uh, we had. Is Vin Diesel a- in that one? Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> and we shared a bottle of wine. It was very good. Uh, uh, yeah. Parasite. Parasite was third on my list. Um, mm-hmm. Parasite fucking crushed. Like I think Parasite might be. What's interesting to me is like. I didn't like Parasite as much as I like Jojo Rabbit, but I think to your point, Ross, about just cinematic construction, mm-hmm. Parasite might be one of the five best films I've ever watched mm-hmm. in terms of accomplishing its ends. Mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. And so it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it means just a difference in it, time. It doesn't you know? make you feel good about humanity at the end. Like, <laughs> no, it's, 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 but it, yeah. it, it was also, and like, I mean this, I think without irony, and I suppose mm-hmm. I would have to like interrogate this thought more because I'm a little bit drunk and I'm making the statement on the fly, but like, oh. it might also be the most accurate indictment of capitalism I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We don't talk and about I, that kind of shit here. <laughs> right. We need to be extremely no, strict. I know. You know, uh, yeah. Shut down the segment. We're a non-political podcast. We don't Move talk on. <laughs> Beer, not ideology. Spencer, what are you drinking? Does it perhaps contain an ancient grain? It does. It does. So this is also from Off Color Brewing. It's called The Very, Very Far. And again, a really gorgeous can. Um, I just really, and I wish all of you could see what I'm holding up to the camera right now, but like a, just a really like interestingly designed um, spaceship. Anyways, this is Very, Very Far. It is a Belgian-style ale mix fermented with white wine yeast and so it's got pills vienna oat malt and spelt malts in it uh and there's a secret yeast blend containing a bunch of words that i'm not going to say on the microphone because i don't know how to say them and you don't get that today everyone i can't believe you said yeast blend uh well i'm just doing my job it's due diligence really (laughs) i'm just do what the people pay me for. He is drinking it mm-hmm. like a like a Roman centurion of old. <laughs> no, um, that's a bummer. Aww. I feel like grains have probably improved in a couple thousand years. <laughs> you know, um, it has um, like if you like Avery's White Rascal, maybe. Um, oh, I do not. Yeah, yeah. Or Paul, or Paul Anner. Um, you might like this beer because it's that X, but really leans into the sweetness and some of the like overwrought floral that you get out of say coriander in a Belgian. Mm-hmm. I don't like that about Belgian style beers. I'm much more for like the weird wild ale ferment style, like farmhousey. Uh, this is just too much, too much of that sweet coriander ish style. Mm-hmm. That's a two. That's a bummer. I was really excited, especially after that last one. That's a returning to work, um, mm. which is very much how I'm going to feel as I continue to drink this, that I am returning to this beer. And mm-hmm. it's beer, and I'm going back to it, but I'm not super happy about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fine. Um, Caleb, what are we talking about? Uh, we are in Living with Humans, and um, as we don't typically take listener feedback for these episodes and it's kind of all on me. Mm-hmm. I just wrote 
resolutions, I guess, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so resolutions, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I do. I do. I am. I will. All of the active verbs <laughs> that I can give you here. Um, um, yes. One thing that I have been very aware of over the last few weeks is how easy it has been to fall into routines now that I pretty much live and work and operate in one space. So things really start to feel like a pattern or a cycle, and I just get up and live the cycle. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of things that I used to do to break up the cycle for novelty, like going to Ross's kitchen and recording, or going to my favorite bar, or going to meta games to play a board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things, gone. And so the the cycle, the pattern, the routine has just been easier, and I've really leaned into it, I think, to create some comfort, and I understand the purpose of all of that. But also in leaning into it to create comfort and make this all feel normal, I have definitely autopiloted more over the last nine months, and I have felt that autopilot sentiment, which I think was originally developed to create some sense of normal, and now what it has done is created some sense of, like, uh, detachment. And so over the last three weeks in particular, I have tried to be much more intentional, if only in recognizing when I am autopiloting, and then making a decision to continue to autopilot or not. And so one of, one of is not my primary resolution for 2021. If I cannot control my environment as much as I would like, or if I can over control my very close environment as much as I want to, um, I want to be more intentional about the use of autopilot in my life. Mm-hmm. And there are, I think, good, meaningful opportunities to autopilot, uh, but I do it too often. And so I am going to try to be more discerning, intentional in either not autopiloting or choosing when to autopilot as an outcome of whatever this all fucking was. So that, that is a resolution of mine. I don't, have a, I don't have good wording for it, which is how I would define most of my life, but I do feel strongly about that. I'm, be more intentional about autopiloting, period, is what I would write on a piece of paper if we were doing this as part of like a year end class exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ross, how about you? Uh, let's see. I mean, top on the list is get married next year. That, that's going to be uh, pretty big on the check mark to do list. If you're uh, a new listener, yeah. Ross has a devoted spouse. <laughs> he is not, he is not uh, being very creepy. No. No, do not tell them that. He is not being, no, he is not being is no terrifyingly man. creepy right now. He has a devoted spouse. This is a, a reasonable, actual goal. <laughs> yeah, we had to do We're doing a bunch of paperwork. Get married in the tub. There, yeah. that would be. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, and there's other things like that that are, you know, just like housekeeping, like get like clean out my house as much as possible. Get rid of like those stacks of comic books that I have that I haven't looked at in literally years that are just taking up space. Um, there's tons of stuff in the house that I need to get rid of. Um, things of that nature uh, on a more like, you know, higher level, like I guess Spencer is trying to do that, you know, be less autopilot. I'm, I'm more used to that since I, I work, I've worked at home for a long ass time. Uh, and I've been sort of aware of this cycle, but uh, I think I want to write more next year. Um, this year, I've been just kind of in a 
yeah, in a haze in a lot of it, you know, uh, and I'm beginning to like, you know, sit down and actually write more. Uh, and I want to keep doing that. And, uh, so yeah, I think those are the two big ones, write more and, uh, get married. And I, I feel like I could say more goals, but I feel like I'd rather be humble and have goals that I actually achieved and have a really lofty goals and fail to meet them. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the best strategy is there, but that's what I'm going to go for next year. Get married. Play. I can actually, I can help you with the best strategy for goal setting, Ross. That's something we can talk about. I, I do that as a job. So let, you know, what? let's offline about that, Ross. Baby. Okay, sure. I look forward to that. Caleb Stokes, 2021. Um, I kind of got a vague post about this, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to be more business oriented just because not because I want to make more money. That would be nice, but because I just want to make more things with Hebanon Games. So I'm trying to get that figured out. And um, as a small business, part of that is trying to learn more things yourself so you can not pay yourself to do it uh, and keep the business afloat. Um, so I'm having to learn many new things and I have avoided that in the past because I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth with what I'm currently doing. Um, and so what I've decided to do is to, if I don't have the bandwidth, I'm going to delete it from somewhere else because um, what I'm finding in 2020 is that much of my bandwidth has been utterly wasted and has been for years and um, I should not devote any mind to uh, many things. Uh, and so as a result of that, I am going to be um, trying to attempt to learn more new things and not getting intimidated out of it because uh, I'm going to free up some stuff that, that will let me to uh, focus on it and give it the focus it would need to actually learn some new stuff. So. That's my I like thing. that you followed up. I, I had a vague post about this, so let me have a vague description of my vague post. But I love it, and I support you, and I am here for you, and get it. Get it. That uh, 2021, get it. That's the motto for 2021. Get it. You can say it however you want, but get it could be an exclamation point. It could be a question mark. I our motto was women want us, fish fear us. That fish fear. Uh, uh, or uh, the fish have never felt so happy. Uh, the fish have never <laughs> been never so relieved. relieved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Um, potentially, but also. Oh, Spencer, do you want a fish biology fact? You know what? I do. Okay. <laughs> Uh, scientists have hybridized, have created a new uh, fish called the sturdlefish, which is a hybrid of the paddlefish and the sturgeon. Uh, Russian scientists have done this. Mm. Uh, well, well don't fucking watch out because we will fish for it. I don't give yeah. a fuck. I don't Other care what kind having, of fish it is. I'll catch it. Ha- that's right. Having heard of the paddlefish and the sturgeon, I don't actually know what that means. Like, did the <laughs> paddlefish... Well, they're both endangered, uh, and this new hybrid can be used to create caviar. Uh, farm, that's why paddlefish and sturgeon are in, uh, endangered, because they are overfished for their, uh, you know, their row, their eggs. So we made a new fish to create more caviar. Mm-hmm. Did the Mar- Russians Marks do wouldn't this, have anything said? to say about yeah, that. The anyway, moving on. We've got to get out of this segment before we start yeah. talking about that, genetic that caviar fish. Too late, already there. <laughs> Caleb, that's too many words in the name of a beer, so what are all those things? This is Bellwood Breweries Farmageddon, a barrel-aged 
Wild Ale with Niagara Montmorency and Morello cherries. That's too many words. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck any of that says, but it better be a good beer. That's that's a Cyberpunk 2077 run up to a video game is what that is in terms of length and work. I hope it is not an equal equal and disappointing outcome. Uh-oh. He looks uh inquisitive, inquisitive with a hint of judgment. As intense as that plum is, on the that's last as one? minimal as mm-hmm. those cherries are. Bummer. Like, very inversely proportional. A real um, it's okay here. as an accent, and it's very light. It, it reminds me, um, it's got almost like a champagne quality. Not not too bubbly, but it's, it's light and sort of watery and refreshing enough that, like, mm-hmm. feels like you would celebrate something with it. But it is a very, very sort of um, dull, restrained cherry flavor. It, it, it ends up more water and mm. uh, retronasal than anything else. Mm. So I'm going to give it a four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unique, I guess. I would toast someone with this. Sure. Um, but it is not uh, something that I would crawl over glass to buy again, like <laughs> this uh, Shiro wow. Plum one. Yeah. Okay. Four it is. That's fine. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we uh, will occasionally use these beer interviews to look back on things that we've watched, much as we did a few minutes ago with our armchair director and best movie of the year. So the question now is three best television shows you watched in the year 2020, which doesn't mean they have to be new to 2020, but rather you encountered them for the first time in 2020, and they've put a little pep in your step. And I will tell you, this was, of all the segments, the hardest segment for me because I've watched a lot of television this year. And so Mm -hmm, I made mm -hmm. a very long list of things that I've watched, and I'm sure I've forgotten things, and then had to cull. And I've not done a good job of culling by the way. Yeah. So here we are. Three best things you watch this year. Let's go one at a time, uh, which is to say we'll each pick one, then we'll each pick a second, then we'll each pick a third. So one of the three best things you watch this year, Ross. Uh, Midnight Diner. Uh, yep, I knew it. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about it several times before on the podcast. Uh, it is heartwarming, heartrending, uh, funny, uh, slice of life. Uh, the, the Netflix not only has... Uh, two seasons of its own version, but they, the three original seasons that are uh, on there. So there's like 50 episodes to go through. And it's just, um, I would just watch one episode a day cause I wanted to savor them and not just burn through them. So uh, it t- took me a while to actually get through it, but I, I enjoyed uh, pretty much all of it. I mean, not every episode was great, perfect, but like it just, yeah, it just really, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it was what I needed uh, at the end of the day. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fucking good. So I don't know what else I could say about it. It, What else does one need to say? Uh, Caleb Stokes, one of the three best things you watched this year. Uh, I'm really psyched that the expanse is back. I like the expanse Mm. a Mm -hmm. lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know it's only three seasons. Uh, I mean, only three episode in season five currently. Uh, but I, uh, quite enjoy it. It is very good. So. Uh, I don't know how the season will be overall, but thus far I'm pleased. Yeah. Right. The best thing that I watched this year, I will start with the bang. Everything else will be navigating a list of eight other things that I can't quite figure out. Uh, Was Avatar the last airbender? Yes, I mean the show. Of course, I don't mean the movie. Uh, Avatar was absolutely unbelievable. I've also very much enjoyed, and I'm almost finished with The Legend of Korra. Uh, It just fucking crushed me. 
Um, Avatar is great. I've even started to rewatch it a little bit for funsies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross, thing number two. Uh, the Last Dance. I went through all of that. Oh, man. Fuck yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's, it's such a good series that it, even if you know nothing about basketball, um, it's very compelling because it really under, it explains the technical, uh, the, 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 the skill, like the, the actual game itself, but also the personalities, the business, the culture. Uh, it, it's sort of a perfect intersection of why, uh, the Bulls run during the 90s was so uh, important and like mm-hmm. why it was so unique in the history of mm-hmm. sport. And so um, it's, yeah, and it's just a really fun show to watch. Like it's, uh, uh, yeah, getting the get just really well done interviews, uh, perfect selection of like highlights from the, the actual games. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's about the high watermark for sports documentaries for me. Um, Absolutely. I have nothing to add to that, and it's also one of mine, but I will say this. If the only thing that came out of The Last Dance was the Dennis Rodman How I Get Rebounds gif, mm-hmm. it still would have been worth yeah. it to be in the top three list. <laughs> it's my most used I gif I go over of here, and then, right. then I'm over right. there. Now I have to go you here. Go this way, I, go, I go this way. And then I'm yeah. here, or I'm here. And like, it just, it's such brilliant nonsense. Uh <laughs> It's so good. So yeah, uh, seconded for producer Ross on the last dance. Yeah, I actually left it off my list, and it, it's on my short list of things that would be in the top three. And it's not in the top three. The second thing on my list, and this may be aided by I may be a prisoner of the moment, and I don't care because um, I watched the finale of season two of The Mandalorian this very morning. Mm. But uh, season two in particular of The Mandalorian has been just almost pitch perfect for me. Like I have genuinely looked forward to every Friday or in this case, a Saturday morning to watch The Mandalorian. And uh, man, John Favreau, fuck yes. Get it. 2021, mm. get it. John Favreau, get it. Uh, producer uh, Ross, you're going to have to end it because that's also my three. Uh, I've, oh, I haven't no even shit. finished it, but it's very, very good. Yes. Yeah, I, I uh, actually was waiting for the season to finish to just sort of marathon it. So I'm going to do when they fucking, It's over. They steal know, from everything, I mean. and then they yeah. steal from Yojimbo and Wages of Sin mm-hmm. in the yeah. same season. Oh, yeah. wow. Just a, yeah. It is a Caleb Stokes show. Like, they know yeah. their audience, and it's me, and I yeah. want yeah. more. Um, yeah. Producer Ross, what's your number three? Uh, I, my number three is actually going to be an older show that I rewatched. I've seen this before, but, uh, I got the DVD or the Blu-ray box set and, uh, watched it with Maddie and watching it just sort of binging over the period of a week instead of like, uh, how I watched it originally, uh, was quite interesting. Uh, Gravity Falls, uh, which is a cartoon, um, uh, that was on Disney and another Disney production uh, about a brother and sister who go to their uncle, um and weird things happen it's it takes place in the pacific northwest and it's just a really fun show and it just watching it all together you can see the story threads more clearly and just like the 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 structure of it and also the jokes and the writing the characterization it's just a really fun show to watch and it was just like a really nice highlight for me for 2020 to like have this nice little ah i remember this uh such a good show yeah uh such a good show yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I know it's, it's not new to me, but like, damn, it was really good. It was really good on for 2024. Here's what's left on my list for pick number three, the last dance Queens gambit, which by the way is fucking great mm-hmm. Dave on Hulu. And I can't explain why Dave was so good, but Dave was fucking great. 
The Outsider on HBO earlier this year. Ben Mendelsohn is just a fucking champ. What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. And then there are the last two, uh, Broadchurch and Sharp Objects. Broadchurch is uh, like very dark, uh, pretty the brutal. Tenet one? Mm-hmm. David Tennant, British, uh, like murder drama. And um, Sharp Objects uh, was an Amy Adams series on HBO uh, that has like a real deep kind of uh, like murder mystery. It's by the uh, lady who wrote um, Gone. Jillian Flynn. Jillian Flynn, yeah. And there aren't many shows that I finished and then thought about routinely over and over and over again. And we finished it like five months ago. And I still think about the end of that show. And, and that, that says something to me, but so I've thought long and hard about sharp, sharp objects or Broadchurch, And I'd have to go with Broadchurch, partially because I think David Tennant is perfect. And um, partially because it's one of the few like more depressing, sharper British mysteries, dramas, that I thought just had legs beyond is David Tennant interesting or not. And the whole cast of Broadchurch is interesting. The fact that they were able to extend the universe beyond a single season is interesting to me, which British shows kind of struggle with because they aim for like six or seven episode arcs and they shut shit down. Um, And also it really inspired me to go watch other British or uh, I should say maybe like UK dramas, hinterlands shetlands etc so it's really kind of been like a, a real engine for me so i would say broad church is number three sharp objects gets a an almost ran as number four so those are the best things we watched this year and with that ross is going to grab a beer and we have one segment left it's drunk enough which is a really adequate way to describe how we all would have liked to have been in the year 2020 oh Hey, producer Ross, what are you drinking? Um, this is actually uh, a not a beer specifically chose for uh, review. Just a uh, I just got a six pack of this, and I saved one for the thing. Uh, this is one I've already had: a Kona Light Blonde Ale from Kona Brewing Company in Hawaii. And sit so sit back and soak it in, knowing you're exactly where you want to be. One life, right? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Exactly work. where you want to be. <laughs> Uh, it's very got a very hoppy taste immediately. Just a really strong bitter that sort of punches you. Blonde. Uh, that's also not a good choice. Yeah, go for that. Um, it's not as I mean it, but then it just kind of disappears. It's still very light, you know. So it's just like eh, bitter. Then hmm. kind of uh, sort of beery aftertaste. So I'm gonna give it a two. It's not great, but I mean. But what is? Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. yeah. So at least it doesn't taste like peach. So <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least it's not the other beer that I consumed. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Caleb Born to Drunk Enough. This is it. This is this is the Drunk Enough for 2020. So what are we talking about? Was there any point in doing this? Um, it's 2020. Is it a year that was worth remembering? with a remembrance episode. I mean, uh, custom dictated it, but mm-hmm. was that wise? Is, is it bet? Is there any value in commemorating it or should we bury it and pretend it didn't happen? That I think that is the question of the day. Uh, yeah, we definitely should remember it, but we're definitely not going to remember it. If the 1918 pandemic 
is any, any that's sort where of I was at too. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like, I feel like I should, and yet I'm absolutely certain we will not. So, as a what culture, is the point <laughs> we are going to memory hold this so hard in like three years, it's going to mm-hmm. be so uh, D class A to reference 2020 and 20 by 2023 or whatever. Um, it's just going to be we, we want to forget it so badly that we all fucked up so badly that as a society we just failed and still just blundered our way through much like cyberpunk uh, 2077 we're just or, you know uh, that's my take on it we, we should we should remember it it should be ingrained in our memory so it never happens again dear god but boy uh, it's so tempting to just forget. So it. talk about talking about deleting bandwidth. If it's gonna happen anyway, of what use is you agonizing over it, the thing that's gonna happen anyway? <laughs> I would offer a different perspective, which is this was not about agonizing. Instead, it was an intentional and strategic decision to commemorate those things we might have liked or could have at least held on to for 2020. And so I would say this was valuable because. A, it is a documentation of a point in time, and as we look back on 2020 and 2021 and beyond, points in time will be impossible. It will just be one big singularity of, I don't know what happened. Um, And so it was documentation. And B, um, I think a healthy thing that we can do for ourselves is say, hey, there was some stuff that I really liked this year, and this was a good opportunity to talk about those things. Because almost every other minute of my being is racing as cosmically fast as possible to get out of whatever this is. <laughs> and so that I have reserved some small portion of it to say, but don't forget as a human, as a person, as a member of the Mixix podcast, there was some stuff here that is worth carrying forward in a really meaningful and positive way. And today we've talked about some of that stuff. So I am for it. In I mean, sense. I obviously agree because we did the episode. Like if mm-hmm. my, if my <laughs> objections were legitimate, I wouldn't have recorded an episode obviously but to play devil's advocate that would have been a hot take we should not record a beer and review because 2020 is not worth review (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but to to play devil's advocate like the things that are good about 2020 is not the dream of 2020 is that those things will continue and then also have the old things back like the the goal after 2020 is not to like give up additional friendships or moments of solidarity right Mm-hmm. probably not i mean i, I here's I the thing though that's what i worry about memory hole because like i don't know at what point we're going to start drinking to all the good times of 2021 and then forgetting the 2020 good times because the 2020 good times come associated with some 2020 bad times i and think there was i would a, much rather hit the reset button on that and be nostalgic for something else you know what i mean i think there was a chance for 2020 for people some people think this is probably a material consideration as are most things, but for some people to take stock. And if 2020 or all of this was an opportunity for you to take stock of things that were and were not meaningful or that should and should not stick around or could and could not stick around might be a more central question, then I don't know. I mean, that that's probably valuable. Um, I think for most people, it was not an opportunity to take stock. It was instead an opportunity to panic about what little stock you had Um uh, so I don't know. I mean, I hate to make assumptions about how other people should treat this year. And my, and if I were to do that, I would say most of us, most people would, would either to Ross's point, choose to forget or mm-hmm. be stuck only remembering how bad all of this shit was. Cause by the way, it was fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you won by surviving it? Is that, that's right. Yeah, That's right. Or you made it to 2021. Mm-hmm. 
which is which is in and of itself a challenge anymore for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons, uh, uh, environmentally induced or otherwise. So I don't know. I mean, well, that's what drunk enough is for, right? <laughs> Look, specifically invoke that emotion from. One, so there are a number of things which will stand out, not the least of which is the hundreds of thousands of people who have died, um, uh, largely on uh-huh. the backs of an, an inaccurate bureaucracy, uh, an inadequate bureaucracy, and a um, literal death drive that we call liberty in America, um, and all of the ways in which all of that became bare and articulate in its fucked upness. Um, Also this year, what will stand out to me is how insignificant the gap between how we might be and how we will be that popular culture has shown me over years for how we might react to panic or how we might react to, fuck, a pandemic. Um, Stunning. Really and truly stunning. Do you you remember the... uh, I don't want to talk about it in terms of like, well, it was the tsunami that that hit Japan, like the the massive monstrous earthquake that damaged Japan, and how mm-hmm. awful that was. Mm-hmm. And do you remember like the the hit parade of think pieces that came after it? That was just like thinking about the apocalypse in terms of like Mad Max's bullshit, because when Japan got struck by this horrible thing, they battened down, and it wasn't all raiders and shoulder pads. And it turns out that what humanity does in the event of great trauma is come together and, and do and do great things. Um, and then coronavirus hit and like Karen's got a baseball bat with fucking nails driven through it, trying to fight people back in the toilet paper aisle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that's how that prediction went. Just uh we were just it, like, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, it, it was the year that 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 showed us a, a pandemic is all it takes to change the polarity on my body, my choice, which was just such mm-hmm. a fucking weird moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And we did not do uh, like Japan. It turned out, you know, Ross Howard voice. They didn't. Uh, right. Yeah. Also, that's wrapping paper. Uh, around the Trump administration, another year and perhaps the most insane and inept and inadequate and and malevolent and malicious year of Donald Trump as the president of the United States of America. And so, no, in some ways, um, in some ways, it's just the disaster singularity. Like, it's hard to pull apart at any point what what one bad thing was. It was just all fucking bad. Um, And it was one big mass of fucking shit. Um, But, I mean... For me, personally, and and this is uh, exclusively a statement of privilege, I am fortunate that there are things I can look back on over the last nine months and go, there's some stuff to take here that I will put in my pail and carry forward productively. Uh, And I am very lucky to be able to say that. I I recognize that. And Mm -hmm. so I don't, you know, non-judgmentally in either direction there. I just kind of understand where I am on this and uh, Mm -hmm. understand what it means. So, yeah, and I'm glad uh, we got to do a beer Regardless of everything we've said, uh, we can say the listeners of the mix six are a un unqualified positive, a, a wonderful thing <laughs> that got us all through this. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Discord, um, the the social media, the Patreon responses, 
even the ones that weren't super pleasant all the time, uh, like at least at least it was a reminder that even though we've had to transition the the mode of doing this thing, mm-hmm. we have not had to lose the community of this thing, which has been overwhelmingly yeah, we, positive. We, we don't shy away from the hard questions here at the Mix Six. Yeah, well, you but know, by God, we acknowledge our blessings where we have them, and like, we are one of them. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I like Midnight Diner so much is because there's this theme going through there of the sort of found family, the community that forms of people who choose to be around each other, the regulars who go to the diner, they help one another. And like whenever there's a new character and they talk about it, they don't, you know, and, and I realize that's one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons why I like that show. And like, because it's so important to me because of the mix six and the RPR community all sort of rallying around each other, trying to keep everyone going, uh, at least morale wise. And, uh, that's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that is definitely a, a highlight showing the, the, the power of our community. <laughs> is might, really- might this be our, our, our own local waffle house? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Would we all be so lucky? It's a found Waffle House. Yes. A found Waffle House. Yes. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, for what it's worth, is also a great indicator of economic collapse and the spread <laughs> of COVID-19 in terms of Waffle House shutdown rates. So really, really a nice representative anecdote for 2020 for me. Waffle House. Mm-hmm. A place where you can both get disease and hash browns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting some Waffle House during this break. I'm getting Call it to them. go. I am not sitting there, but I will not, do it. Yeah, I will do it. I'm there. I am at the point where I will get Waffle House to go. I'm so Most old. breakfast food doesn't hold up in to-go very well. Do you know what breakfast food does? First watch. First watch is uh, to-go options, like the delivery options. We used them on uh, DoorDash or whatever like two weeks ago. Fucking excellent. So yeah. if you want to get breakfast delivered, first watch is the way to I go. do. I do want to get delivered from Waffle House because yeah. that is something capitalism allows for me to do. <laughs> It does. Amen. Oh. On that, that's 2020. That That's it. That's the end of the mix six in 2020, but not the end of the mix six. Damn it. So, well, actually, instead, there is one, there is one patron extra left in this month because we did this. Well, but we may release them in an order. Such oh, we're going to release them in 20. Okay. I think we should. Uh, I don't fucking care. Well, maybe then we got to record again episode. very soon. Right. Maybe, maybe this isn't the end of the mix. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter. In 2021. <laughs> We're going to get Caesar it. Caesar doesn't do period. scheduling anymore, if you haven't nope. noticed. <laughs> Exclamation point. Maybe a question. Speaking of autopilot, uh, yeah. somebody, yeah. Somebody else handles that. His name's Caleb. <laughs> it's on the podcast. You've heard from him today. Um, hey, stay healthy. Enjoy your holidays as much as one can enjoy holidays right now. Uh, stay safe. We're looking forward to talking to you again in 2021. Don't forget to check us out on all the social medias. I'm not even going to do my list. I'm going to end this year without autopilot. Oh, my and I'm God. I'm just going to say, wow. bless you. We love you. We care for you. Thank you for loving and caring for us. And we will talk to you next year. Yeah. Google us, bitch. You'll find us. (laughs) Outro. Damn. Damn. Google us, bitch. You'll find us. This is why I autopilot. (laughs) Goodbye. We don't have 170 episodes that end with some version of Google us, bitch. You'll find us. (laughs) 